I realise you are extremely intelligent. And so the staff said, I had to test out how you're doing with that. So this is the test. It's a law question, all right? And I know many here have had a law background. So what is the difference between unlawful and illegal? It's a fine point of law. Okay, unlawful is against the law. Illegal is a sick bird. Sick eagle, ill eagle. <laughs> See? Sick joke. No, don't clap. Actually, I retired. I retired from dad jokes several years ago. So I was forced into that because I got it from all the bad press. So I, I got rid of it. Well, this morning I'm going to spare a share on something I think is relevant to everyone. And we all want to do it. And we don't often know how to do it. So let's just pray about sharing our faith. Father, we just commit our time to you. We pray, Holy Spirit, you will speak to our hearts. Help us, Lord, to hear something from you. We can move forward in our uh, growth in this area. Lord, thank you. You are in us and you want to share your love with others. So flow through us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, sharing your faith. It's a thing I've done for, for numbers of years now, and if you've met me down in the mall on a sad day, I'll, I'll be talking to you about sharing your faith. But um, hey, rule number one in sharing our faith is just be yourself. You don't have to be someone else. So if you're a quiet uh, introvert, hey, that's okay. You don't have to be someone who's, who's loud at all. Just be who you are. For when you are who you are, God will be who he is. And you might say, look, I could never do that. I, I just couldn't. And I've had people, really confident people tell me, I, I could just never do this. I just, it's not possible. But today I would ask you to consider, with God's help, taking one step forward from where you are right now. Just one step. Not 10 steps, but just one step. And I want to just say, this is a follow-on from, I thought it was just a wonderful message from Pastor Sam a few weeks ago on ships on the cruise ship but we don't want to stay in the cruise ship do we you know it's it's all right but it, it's not really that it's not where we're meant to be we're meant to go right the way through into the battleship so this is hopefully following on from that so rule one is be yourself rule two is just go at the speed of the other person oh that's a relief isn't it you don't have to you know hammer you know something down their throat and all just go at the speed that they go. Don't be like I was as a very new Christian. When I got saved, it was pretty crazy. And my family, who were, we were all atheists together sort of thing, they wondered what had happened to Steve. And of course, I preached the gospel with heaven and with hell and with fire and brimstone and turn or burn, and I just gave it to the man. So was I moving at their speed? No, not at all. And you don't have to do that. We just have to respect where that other person is at and move at their speed because God does. God does. He respects where people are at and he takes them one step at a time. And rule number three, the harvest is always ripe, Jesus said. There's always a harvest somewhere. There's always people who are open, not always the people that you might expect. Some years ago, I was trying to get some golf lessons, trying to catch up with Pastor Sam, which I never can, can do. And uh, I went to this golf professional and got uh, uh, some lessons. He was a young guy, he was good looking, he just got married, his wife was very beautiful. And I thought, man, this guy's got everything. He's a, he's a professional golfer, he's good at it. And you know, he's got a beautiful wife. And I thought, oh, well, you know, 
But we got talking and after a lesson or two, he started to trust me and he shared all his problems and his marriage was falling apart already. And I thought, wow, I am never going to judge people like that again. The people that you work with and your neighbours, you don't know where they're at. They may be incredibly open. They just may be. And uh, I just found it accidentally. So I'll just slide to sharing your faith with confidence. Now, there's a few verses here from uh, when Jesus is talking in the book of Luke. And uh, we're going to read them out there. So hopefully they're on our screen from Luke chapter 8 and verse And when a great multitude had gathered and they had come to him from every city, he spoke a parable. A sower went out to sow a seed. This is you and me as we go and share God's love as we go. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside and it was trampled down and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the rock and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he who has ears, let him hear. And the disciples asked him, what was he saying? What was this about? Going on down to verse 11, he explains it. He said, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are those who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root who believe for a while and in a time of temptation fall away. Now, the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. They have some fruit, but it doesn't come to maturity. But, Jesus says, the ones that fell on the good ground The seed that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and a good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. And he just goes on and he says, no one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. That parable tells me the only people I need to really be focused on is the good soil. There are a whole lot of other soils there, but it's not their time. So you don't have to witness crazily to everybody at all. It's the ones that are open right now. They're the only ones. And there's about one in four. You know, I mean, I do go out, out on the street and in the malls quite a bit, but I've done it for over 20 years and I'm just careful with the security guards. But I've never had problems. I've even witnessed to the security guards. You know, because it's just how you do it. See, it's being bold, but with sensitivity, where that person is at. So the person you are looking for is not the hardened soil. It's not the one with all the thorns. No, no, it's the soft soil, the soil that is ready right now. And they are out there. They are out there in our neighbourhoods and where we work, at school and university. So I think we're actually on slide four, just to let our great team know. I think that's right. Let's just go across the page here. So how can you find out if the soil is good? And having found it out, well, what do you say anyway? Well, my mum used to work in in a, it was back then in those days called Woolworths, but like Kmart and they had fruit. And one of her jobs was to stop people squeezing the fruit. 
Because, you know, you've got to tell them it's ripe. So they go up there does, and she would, her job would be to go up there, and she's quite a quite strong lady. So she would smile and say, please don't squeeze the fruit. <laughs> you weren't allowed to squeeze the fruit back there in Woolworths, but you can squeeze the fruit in the harvest field. I'll give you um, an example. Um, I was out on the golf course. Look, I don't play golf that much, but these are just some golf stories, I promise you. Uh, I was out on the golf course, I was playing by myself, I wanted to practice, but it was a really crowded course, and another guy was by himself. So after a while, we, we joined up together. I thought, oh, oh I've got to have to talk now. Okay, right. So we're chatting away, and, and he, he's a tennis player. He was 58, he's just had a knee um, operation because of extreme tennis. He's a competitive, very good tennis player, high level in New Zealand. And anyway, so I said to myself, oh, he's a tennis player. Oh, I said, oh, we have a tennis group in our church. That's what I said. Now, I, that's true, by the way. I do know we have a tennis group. Well, some people who play. So, no response. Yeah, just fairly innocuous comment. We move on. So five minutes later, I try again. And I talk, I just say, oh, something's like, our church. That was it. Two minutes later, he says to me, oh, what church do you go to? Wow, that is big. That is big. That tells me he is interested. That, just that little statement, oh, what church do you go to? Yeah. He's soft, but I wouldn't have known. So we get talking. As, as the holes go by and we're playing together, he, it gets deeper and deeper and he shares his spiritual struggle and journey and he is so hungry and so looking for God and he's tried to pray, he's tried to seek God, he's, he, he just can't find him. That was the ripe soil. And all I did was just raise a little comment about church. And I did it twice because I thought, oh, I'll be cheeky. He's come to join me. I'm, I'm going to do that. You know, have you ever played tennis, another sport analogy? What do you do? You, let's say you got the ball and you're going to serve. So you serve the ball. Now, if I serve that ball and that ball doesn't come back, what does that mean? It means I haven't got a game of tennis. So if I raise God in a very careful and gentle way in a conversation and they just ignore it and they never come back with any other comment, I stop. I don't take it further. Why? Because I'm only looking for the good soil. And you should be the same. It would take all the pressure off and you won't get the kickbacks. You won't get, see some Christians have in, in their, like I had done, in their enthusiasm, they just witness and go for it with people that are really not ready right now. And it actually can do more damage than good. We wanna actually just say, God, lead me to ripe soul. So he and I talked and we had a wonderful time. So I wanna ask you this comment here. What is your default setting for bringing God into your conversation? You can think about this and in two minutes you can have an answer. How can you say something that's very gentle? See, I didn't use the name of Jesus. I didn't do anything like that at that point in time. Whenever I go into the mall and I, I share all the time, I, you know, probably to a lot of people over, over the years, I never use the name of Jesus. I always talk about an invite to our church. It's super, you know, people can say yes or no, it doesn't really matter. But those who take it, there is a spark and I 
capitalise on that spark. Um, I was in England a couple of years ago at our, at our um, UK and Beyond conference, finished that conference, wonderful time, and uh, Debbie and I went down to a place called Deal in England. Anyone know where Deal is? Yeah, I had never even heard of it. It's right at the bottom of England. And anyway, went there, and I've been asked to speak in this church, and the guy in the door, his name is Ray. Ray is 80. He's dressed to the nines. He's got a magnificent suit, lovely tie, just looks so immaculate, and he's really friendly. We get chatting, and he says, you know, he looks in such good health for a man of that age. And he says, whenever anyone says that to me, what's his default statement? Oh, it's the Lord. Now that's him, that's his personality, but he's got it. What is your default setting? You need to have that figured out before it crops up. Have it sorted, it won't take you long. Keep it low key, but just if there's interest there, they can come back to you. And the other thing I would say is this, I try and daily spend, oh, a whole 10 seconds and pray for ripe souls, that God would lead me just to the ripe souls. The rest, it's not their time. Their time can come, but they're not ready right now. Leave them. Just be loving to them and nice to them, but leave them. Focus on the ones that are ready right now because God is bringing them across your path regularly. And how will you know? The only way you'll know is if you serve the ball into their court. You won't know any other way unless God speaks by revelation. And you know, but that, let's be honest, that doesn't always happen as much as it might. So just start the ball. Okay, slide number five. What is the problem? As you're talking to people, they all have a problem. Something is blocking them from giving their life to Christ. There's something holding them back. What is that problem? I wasn't a Christian, I was on Bondi Beach sunbathing, and these two young people about my age, is around about 20 at the time, came up to me on the beach and began to talk to me about Jesus. I thought, oh, this is amazing. Do people even do that sort of thing? Oh, couldn't believe it. But I, you know, I, I was a, an atheist, I thought, but as they talked, I thought, wow, this is really interesting. And after 20 minutes, I said to them, I said, well, what you say actually makes sense. I said, yeah, I can see that. I said, but I am not ready right now. I'd been, I was living with my girlfriend, and I wasn't a Christian. I'd never opened a Bible. I'd never been to church, but I knew that was wrong. I knew it was wrong, but I didn't want to change. So fast forward nine months, broke it up with my girlfriend, gone back to, to New Zealand, and uh, God has been really working a number in me and just getting my heart open to him, and I, I, I give my life to Christ. So whenever I talk to people, and say it's going down the track a bit, and it, it used to at the beginning amaze me that people would be so open. I just couldn't, I thought, what? They are so open. And I was talking with this young lady um, a few weeks ago, and we had a wonderful conversation, and I, did, I just said to her what I've just told you, trying to evoke from her, what's her issue? Because what's the thing holding them back? There's something. And she said, I'm just so full of rage. Something's happened in her life that's caused immense hurt and anger, and that's her, her problem. There are always issues, and if someone trusts you with their heart, that's when you can gently and lovingly just share the good news of Jesus, that he loves them, he died for them, he cares for them. 
But to get to that point, you must go through the process of having your default setting that you always say. You know, just let God lead you, but you'll sense it's just right and take courage and do just that. I purposely read out the last verse of the passages we looked at. Let your light shine. Let your light shine. We're living in days that are very dark. They're getting darker. But friends, we have the answer We have the hope inside of us, Jesus Christ, and we can make a difference. We really can. I won't say where this clinic was, but um, some some time ago I had a problem with my eye, and uh, Debbie and I, we went to this eye clinic. It was very busy that day. It was so many people. And they're trying to shunt you through through very fast, very quick, because, uh, you know, they've got numbers to get through, of course. So anyway, we, we, uh, we happened to know one of the nurses there, lovely Christian lady, fine lady, really, really lovely person. Um, but she wasn't looking after us. It was another, another lady and we sat in this little booth and we're just chatting and as I do, I introduced God into my conversation by just somehow saying, oh, tomorrow, because it was a sad day, we're going to church. That's all I said. And she immediately began to want to know what church and away we went. And she did not care about the people who were waiting. All she cared about was this conversation. And she had an insatiable, voracious appetite, so hungry for God. And it was a wonderful conversation. But this is the part that I really remember. We said to her, oh, do you know this person who worked there? She said, yes, I do. We said, did you know she's a Christian? She said, no, no idea. No idea. Do you think God wants us to let people know that we're Christians? Of course he does. It's, and that just broke my heart. It broke my heart. I asked the question for all of us today. Where you work, where you attend university, in your neighbourhood, do people know you are a Christian? We are to let our light shine. It's just doing it in a way that is not going to cause a massive big deal if they're not interested. And so just doing those little small steps. You know, Romans chapter 10, it says, how will they know? How will they know? Unless we tell them. God puts that on us but he just wants you to be you. He doesn't want you to be someone else. You can rest and you can relax, but God says, if you will just rest and trust me, I will guide you to the soil that is ripe, the hearts that are ready, and you will see wonderful things. You know, we have a supernatural gospel. You'll be amazed and devastated when you start to pray for people. I've prayed for numbers of people who are unsaved. I remember once praying for a lady. She, she, we shared the gospel. She wasn't quite ready for it. That's fine. And uh, she had a, a back problem for over a year. It was really sore. I said, look, because I always try and ask if I can pray for them. She said, okay, I prayed. That was it. She went away. But she knows a person in this church. And she told this person, and we connected it, it was me. The next morning she'd woken up fully healed, back completely healed, totally. It was just a, a real miracle. <coughs> Excuse me. You see, <clears throat> we have power. Yeah. We have power. We really do have power. And uh, the first time I ever did that, some years previously, it took me 10 minutes 
trying to work up courage to offer to pray for someone. I just, I was so scared. I thought, oh, this is going to be terrible. I'm going to get rejected, you know, because they were talking about their back pain, a husband and a wife together. And finally I said, oh, look, I'm a Christian. Could I pray for you? And they said, oh, okay, sure. So I prayed. A short prayer, very embarrassed prayer. And uh, when I finished, when I finished, tears down their eyes. Now they were, the person wasn't healed, but tears down their eyes. I thought, wow, they were really touched by that. And slowly my faith began to build. So I think the word that God wants for us is one step, just one step at a time, one step moving forward, you know? Uh, And you'll be just as staggered as I have been finding people who are actually um, open. They really, really are. Our final slide this morning, sharing our faith with confidence, you know, the baptism in the Holy Spirit will give us power in our witnessing, in fact, in every area of our lives. The book of Acts, I'm just gonna talk about this for a minute. The book of Acts gives us five occasions where for the first time people are baptized in the Holy Spirit. On three of those occasions, it says they spoke in tongues. On the other two occasions, a person offered money called Simon. He saw and heard something. And on the final occasion, the apostle Paul It doesn't say he spoke in tongues then, but later on he says, I speak in tongues more than all of you. So he obviously spoke in tongues. So when people get baptised in the Holy Spirit, sometimes the Spirit comes on them, but they don't complete the process by speaking in tongues. So this morning we are gonna give you an opportunity. The Bible says, Jesus saying this, how much more will your Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Remember, with the baptism in the Spirit, it is his language and it is your vocal cords. Don't be passive. If you'd like prayer this morning, we're gonna have our leaders down here. We have lots of music playing. Our pastors will be praying for you and we're gonna believe God. You know, we had a fantastic leaders meeting Friday night. One of our lovely leaders was not baptised in the Spirit, but they, her group gathered round her and they prayed for her and she came through and she was just absolutely just ecstatic and so uh, thrilled and just tears running down her face. It was just so, so good to see. Sometimes it's powerful and dramatic like that. Other times it can be just, God might give you one word or two words, but use what you've got. Use what you've got and that river will start to flow. Tongues will build us up. Tongues will help us to give thanks well. Now I've got verses for all this stuff and what I've done is, because it was a late edition, I've given it to the info desk and they've got them in a sheet and you can just grab a sheet if you want to afterwards with the Bible verses to look it up further. It's also online this morning on all our platforms too. Tongues is a language from heaven. Tongues are a mystery for all and that includes Satan and he can't figure out what you are speaking and saying. Unless, uh, and also tongues are a powerful weapon of warfare because tongues are mentioned, or praying in the spirits mentioned right in Ephesians 6, talking about the weapons of warfare that we have. So it is good. So speaking in tongues comes from your innermost being. Jesus said, out of your belly, that's the, the literal Greek, out of your, the hollow of your abdomen will flow the rivers of living water. And I tell you, God can release and set you free wonderfully and powerfully. And tongues can bring tremendous rest and great refreshing. They really, really can. So this morning, as I finish now, there's three things that I would like you to consider. One is making a step forward in sharing your faith. It will do your heart good. Not only will it bless others for eternity, it will do you good. God will give you great joy as you do that. Number two, if you don't know Jesus at all, 
You know, maybe you've come to church or you once knew him, but if you don't know him, today you can give your heart to Christ and make a fresh start and know forgiveness of sins. Or if you don't yet speak in tongues, this can be your opportunity. It really can. I tell you, it can, it can transform your life. Speaking in tongues, the power of the Spirit, it is the gateway to the supernatural. It's the gateway to the gifts of God and to more that God has for you.